Welcome to the Humans for SDGs podcast, where we feature everyday individuals who are taking action for the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. These 17 Sustainable Development Goals aim to transform the world by year 2030 by eradicating poverty, protecting the environment, achieving prosperity, and ensuring peaceful and just societies through multi-sector partnerships. This podcast is brought to you by the 2030 Youth Force in the Philippines. Hello everyone! Welcome to the first ever episode of the Humans for SDGs podcast. I'm one half of your host, Rex Arevalo. And here with me is my co-host, the beautiful Miss Aya Antonio. Hi, everyone. All right. I'm super stoked for our first guest here. I've known him for about three years now. It was a very fun experience. First time ever we met, we got stuck in flood in Manila. And uh, it was something. Maybe we'll tell that story down the line. Um, so our first guest is Mr. Adi Tobias. He's a forester, the SCG 15 ambassador for the youth forest in the Philippines. So SCG 15 is life on land. He is super involved in research, in forest engagement, youth advocacy. And I don't even know where to begin specifically with this guy. He's done a lot of stuff. So without further ado, hello, Adi. Hi, Briggs and Aya. <laughs> How are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm in the situation, but hopefully this pandemic would end soon. I'm doing some work on the IUC and Redis assessment on Philippine endemic trees. That's what I'm doing right now and also writing my manuscript. Adi, tell us about your advocacy. Okay, so my advocacy is more on um, sustainable management of our forests in the Philippines and of course to help protect our remaining biodiversity in the Philippines. We all know that we had a major problem when it comes to managing our natural resources in our country. And my goal is to involve the youth on the, the work we are doing on ecological restoration and forest management and also to engage with the local communities in forests. I'm wondering, how did you get involved in all of this? Why forest? Why are you so active in SEG 15 advocacies, research, all, other, all these other actions? What is it? What is it about that? Uh, the primary reason would be it is very close to my heart because I graduated in forestry. My background was forestry actually and my profession was a forester. So maybe some of you do not know what forestry is. When I entered college, I actually do not know what forestry is too. So it's a very taboo word for me. I do not know what forestry is. I entered college with BS Forestry. I had no choice back then but to study forestry. Really? Yeah, forestry is actually cool. Rex and Aya, can you name any course that you took during your undergraduate? Any course? Yeah, any course. Any course. Natural science. Natural science. How about you, Brex? Golf course. Joke. No. <laughs> uh, sociology. 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 You know what cool about forestry is? You can name any course and then you just attach the word forest. And those are included in our curriculum. Like for example, management. We have forest business management. Engineering. We have forest engineering. You can name any course and just attach forest. It's included in our curriculum. So that's what forestry is. That actually reminds me about, uh, you know, I, I studied environmental planning. And the whole base of it, when you, when you look at the whole theoretical foundation of it, the forest is always attached. It's always supposed to be considered. But usually when people think about environmental planning or city planning or human settlement planning or whatever you want to call it, it's usually just focused on the city. 
and the forest is sort of a an extra thing out there. Right. So now I think we're talking about the interconnectedness of many different fields and how significant our forests are. In these current times, as we're battling the COVID-19 pandemic, maybe, Adi, you can shed light and use this maybe as an opportunity also to tell our listeners how important the forests are and how this is connected to the pandemic that we're experiencing right now. We must protect forests because there are a lot of organisms, plants and animals living within this this specific area. And once we degraded our forests, it would affect the habitat of these animals. This would cause, of course, uh, those animals carrying infectious diseases, viruses, as we all know that SARS, malaria, Ebola, those were from wild animals that jumped to infect humans. It is called actually as a spillover event. So the spillover event, it is an infection from non-human to humans. So degrading our forests where these animals live would, would most likely increase the chance of infecting humans. Therefore, we have this COVID-19. Some would tell that these coronavirus were from bats, but we do not know where it actually originated. But these infectious diseases have been seen before already. The bubonic plague, are you familiar with it? So the yeah. bubonic plague actually came from rats. And it is because the, the habitat for rats have been degraded. So therefore, they, they, they coexisted with humans where there is a high population of humans. Basically, in summary, the loss of biodiversity due to uh, habitat degradation and land conversion would pave the way for emergence of these infectious diseases. So um, uh, so basically they get pushed out. So you, you degrade the, the natural habitat. And is this a phenomenon that is well-documented and well-known by the wider public or it's still sort of a separate, separate thing? I'm not sure if it is well-documented, but there are reports about it. Adi, jumping off from that, no, as we talked about how human activity actually affects our environment and how we also suffer because of these activities, how do you think can people act for the protection of our environment, particularly of the forests? And specifically, no, the urban dwellers, the people in the city. Forests are still far of a concept for, for some of us, but hmm. how can people in the cities contribute to these initiatives that you yourself are pushing for for the forests and for the environment okay yeah so here in the philippines we are very much populated since we are very much populated we needed to consume more in order for us to survive so one thing that we can do is to reduce our consumption by reducing our consumption, it would also lessen the pressure to convert our forest lands into an agricultural land because we must, well, in our, in our, in our everyday life, we need to, to sustain what our needs. So in order to, to increase the supplies for our basic needs, like for example, for crops, men, and within this market, there is high chance that a human would be infected of the virus carried by those wild animals. Also, maybe we can contribute by telling people the importance of our forests. Like what you said, Kaya, so it is one thing that we can do to, to communicate, to educate those people what is the importance of forests. And one of the problems that we have right now is the illegal wildlife trade. This illegal wildlife trade, um, well, it is one of the primary reasons why we have this COVID-19 because through illegal wildlife trade, we export 
we collect animals from the wild and then bring them into market. And mm-hmm. within this market, there is a high chance that a human would be infected of the virus carried by those wild animals. So it is a wake-up call for us to strengthen our efforts to stop degrading the natural habitat of these wild animals and plants. And where do, um, where do, where do foresters come in? You know, I'm also curious about like, what do you do as a forester on an everyday basis, you know? Many people had this misconception that a forester yeah. is the one who is responsible for logging, logging of trees. Yeah. But the job of a forester is not actually not restricted to only one description. A forester can be engaged in a wide range of activities, doing research, managing and utilizing forests to conservation science. So we have a lot, we have of work from science to social. So how do foresters come in into that? Some foresters would be engaged in protecting, in managing protected areas. Some foresters would be working with the local communities to help them inform about the importance of forests and how these local communities would be engaged in sustainable management of our forests. And then some foresters would be busy doing research to provide basis and evidences on how these forest managers can create a sustainable management plan in a certain protected area. So foresters can work in the government, in a, in a non-government organizations. How about you, Adi? Tell us about your initiatives or specific action for the forests. I mean, you are part of a group or a team who published a book on the forest. Tell us about it and tell us about the initiatives or projects that you have for climate action. So for now, I am doing research on Rapplesia. I also presented this research in a conference in the United Kingdom and also in Tawi-Tawi. Uh, the title of the project was Unraveling the Mystery on Rapplesia. I know that not, not all people would be familiar with this plant, but this is one of the most beautiful plants in the world. It can only be seen in our country, in Thailand and Malaysia. So I had a research on Rapplesia funded by the, by the USA Protect Wildlife. The focus of this research is to find out the conservation status of these Rapplesia, how they are threatened in their habitats across the Philippines. So we have species of Rapplesia in Luzon, in Visayas, and in Mindanao. The goal of the project is to provide basis to the government so that they can come up with a national strategic framework to conserve Rafflesia. By conserving Rafflesia, it also means conserving and protecting their natural habitats. Uh, that's the work that I'm doing right now for Rafflesia. Aside from Rafflesia, I've been part of publishing books. The first book that I had was the Book of Priests. In, in New Pilas Banyos, in our college, we set up an arboretum. This arboretum is composed of priests that are native or in indigenous in the Philippines. So we planted trees in this area so that we can make sure that these trees will survive in the future. We highlighted the 96 trees that are endemic and native. So these trees are most likely threatened in their natural habitat. We aim that through this book we'll be able to communicate the need to protect these trees to a wider to a wider audience, to the general public, not only to scientists, not only to those who are working in the academe. And then the second book that we had is the native plants in Boracay wetlands. So this one is is very interesting because it was way back on 2017, I think, or 2018 when the Boracay was closed. So the government tried to restore its wetlands and one of their initiatives is to restore the wetlands in Boracay because Boracay had been converted into resorts. So majority of its land area had been devastated already. 
in this uh, book, we highlight the, the native plants occurring in Boracay wetlands. And we found that there are some species that are threatened occurring in this beautiful island. So we aim to promote Boracay not only with its beautiful scenery, with its beautiful beach, but also, but also by promoting the beautiful plants that can be seen in this island. What's the difference between, and maybe the importance also, of preserving the native species versus introducing new ones? So, let me start with this analogy. When you attended a conference, sino yung gusto mong roommate? Yung parehas mong Pilipino o yung from other country? Depends. <laughs> Kanino ka mas magiging comfortable? Okay, maybe maybe not really, uh, it's not, you know, we're not, we're not really limiting it to race or nationality or anything. But I think it's someone you think you you have something in common with. Okay. So basically, plants also know their relatives. Plants would most likely thrive with a plant that is naturally occurring in that area than, than a plant that is introduced. Because those plants that are naturally occurring in that area have already adapted to that to the, to the climate of that area. And for introduced ones, it is highly not recommended for foresters, for those who plants, to introduce them in a certain area because they might cause alteration in the, in the ecology of the environment. That's the main takeaway for that. In the Philippines, there are a lot of enthusiasts who already promote the use of native plants in restoration activities. They believe that these plants are more likely beneficial to the environment than planting the introduced ones. So there are many introduced trees actually in our country planted way back during the time of Marcos. We have this mahogany, we have these large trees that you can see in Yupidiliman, the, the acacia tree. So, uh, so acacia is not... Acacia is not native. We have beautiful native trees like Nara. Of course, I know you are familiar with Nara. Yeah, yeah. We've got a whole bunch of Nara furniture here at the house. Decades old, but they're still great. And then have you have you been informed about the recent issue with BIFAR, the Bureau of Asian Aquatic Resources, where they oh. introduced tilapia in our in our rivers. Many researchers working in the academe um, do not agree with that because it would affect the native fishes in our rivers and eventually it will cause extinction of our native native fishes if these introduced fish would, you know, outcompete our native fishes. So same way with plants and animals. Um, Adi, thank you for somehow giving us an explanation or a clarification on how ecosystems work in a way. Now, tell us about you. What are the challenges that you see in terms of protecting our wildlife, our forests, our biodiversity? And you yourself, what are the challenges that you're experiencing as someone who goes out there, explores, and looks for these new species? Tell us, what is it like out there? I've seen that our forests have been degraded because not of, uh, because not of the people living in the forests, but because of poverty, because of challenges in implementing policies and laws, because of our policymakers not listening to to the evidences being provided by our scientists. So those were the challenges that we are facing towards sustainable management of our forests. One thing that we can do is not actually prohibiting the people living in the forest to extract natural resources, but by providing them alternative livelihoods so that they'll be able to, to survive, they will be able to still live without uh, degrading our natural resources. First, is to respond the root of these problems and the root of these problems is poverty for me and then education we need to educate these people 
So, so, so these are deeply, deeply rooted, pun not intended, deeply, deeply rooted problems uh, in forestry here in the Philippines. And I would, uh, and, and I, I would assume other countries, other areas as well. Now, Addy, you know, you've been around the block. You've studied this for years. You've been involved in a lot of forestry action. And there are lots of deeply rooted problems there, like you explained. Where do you find the opportunities for, for change, so to speak, in all of this? Um, and what are the, I guess, what are the lessons you've learned throughout your path? And how do you see us moving forward? What can people do now? I've said a lot of challenges that we are going through in terms of managing our forests and our natural resources here in the Philippines. And this COVID-19 situation and continuous loss of our forests and our biodiversity is a wake-up call to all of us to take actions, not only for government, also to the youth to take action. So these require uh, collaborative efforts among all stakeholders. And what we can do as a community, as Filipinos, to help manage our natural resources is one, to educate the people, and two, is to create platforms, to create avenues where these people can engage and do necessary work. And then lastly, we should be able to connect and find inspiration with each other, find inspiration with the work of, uh, of each person who are doing work for this problem. For the 2030 Youth Force in the Philippines, as the ambassador for SDG 15, we aim to create avenues in order to provide opportunities for the youth to be engaged in doing work for money our natural resources such as ecological restoration such as conserving our biodiversity one thing that we have in place is the project Laksambuhay so this project Laksambuhay it started in 2018 I think members of the 2030 youth force in the Philippines have been engaged in an educational tour in a certain in a specific area such as Mount Makiling so we aim that these students would be able to realize and appreciate the importance of our natural resources the importance of different life forms well, well thanks Addy that was you know that's a good overview I think of, of where we are in terms of forestry in the country what are the challenges what are the opportunities there especially for the youth please feel free to plug any of your initiatives and your social media pages. I believe you launched a new Instagram account for this advocacy and maybe it's time to promote. I launched the Wandering Botanist PH. You can follow me on Instagram, Wandering Botanist PH, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G, Botanist PH, wherein I will highlight, I will showcase the native plants or endemic plants in our country in order for you to appreciate it better. So I, I'll be showing to you some of the most beautiful photos of these plants. Addy takes good pictures of nature, so it's really nice. It's on Instagram. Thank you, Addy, for joining us today. Thank you very much, AM Brex. I hope I did good. Thank you, Addy, for sharing. Brex, can you tell us about our next human for SDGs? Electrifying is the SDG 7. Um, affordable and clean energy ambassador for 2030 Youth Force in the Philippines. He is known for leading Project Liab, a community-based project in uh, Sitio Haduan in Pampanga. Right, but we'll keep them hanging for now. So watch out for our next episode as we talk about the initiatives of our fellow humans for SDGs. Thank you for listening to the Humans for SDGs podcast. This has been Brex Arevalo. This has been Aya Antonio. Please tune in to our next episode where we will be featuring more individuals who are taking action for the UN SDGs. This podcast is brought to you by the 2030 Youth Force in the Philippines. 
follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash youthforceph.